Jets made some headlines yesterday. One of the top edge rushers in a class that had plenty of edge rushers. Carl Lawson makes the jump from Cincinnati to New York. Really appreciate the organization for having me. And, you know, let's build, build a winning culture. Welcome to another edition of the official Jets podcast, the podcast profile series continuing on here with Carl Lawson. And we caught up with Carl Lawson Sr., Carl Lawson's dad, and EA caught up with Nick Eason, who coached Lawson in Cincinnati for two seasons. And then now, to bring things full circle, Eason's at Auburn, where Lawson played in college. Everything comes full circle, right? Eason, actually, I think the first time he met Lawson or spent time with him was when he was coaching with the Tennessee Titans at a pro day. Uh, Lawson, of course, a very good pass rusher in the SEC, spends his first four seasons with the Cincinnati Bengals and the Jets hope they have found their answer at the edge position. Uh, Lawson, a very unique athlete um, who has a lot of explosion, and he has the potential to change games. I think a lot of people think if Carl Lawson were a stock, the Jets bought, per se, at the right time because they feel like his best ball is ahead of him. Carl Lawson Sr. said that he kind of felt like his son was held back a little bit in Cincinnati because as a rookie, eight and a half sacks, mm-hmm. only played on third down. Then he has the knee injury, and then he had a defensive coordinator change for a couple seasons. So he feels like that this system that Robert Sala and Jeff Ulbrich are placing here with the Jets are really going to benefit Carl Lawson. And, you know, his father, Carl's father, Carl Sr., gave some little nuggets here. I know he's spoke about Zach Wilson and being uh, on the bicycle at two years old. Well, he said that Carl Lawson, as a junior in high school, was bench pressing 455 pounds running a 4.640. Well, it's interesting that you mentioned that he was benching 455 because a lot of people will say people with shorter arms, that's to their advantage on the bench. And in terms of football, when you're talking about edge rushers, a lot of teams – a lot of scouts, a lot of coaches are looking for longer players. What makes him unique is he's not the longest guy in the world where some of those big edges in the National Football League, they're 6'4". Lawson's more of a guy who's 6'2", so he doesn't fit that prototype. But he is a guy who gets to the quarterback in a hurry. And you mentioned 2017 playing in sub-packages with the Bengals, eight and a half sacks in 2018 and 19. He was limited to just 19 games and had six total sacks. Then you fast forward to last season, people people will say, well, Lawson just had five and a half sacks in 2020. Well, he also had 32 quarterback hits. And the National Football League is all about impacting the quarterback, and that's something that Lawson does. And you look in totality, the Bengals over the last few seasons have been at the bottom of the league in terms of total sacks. So, What is Lawson's production going to look like now with a talented line? Because I think the Jets, we've talked about it often here during this podcast and everything we do for the Jets on all the content platforms is you can make the argument that the Jets defensive line is definitely the deepest and the most talented unit on this team. Right, and you mentioned the 32 quarterback hits. Just to put that in perspective, that led all – Defensive lineman, right? Or was it second in defensive lineman to Joey Bosa? Yeah, it was right up there. Randy Lang was all over that stat when Lawson signed with the Jets. Um, So he's a guy who gets a quarterback off his spot. And then, you know, we'll look at his potential impact 
down the line. But I think when we look at pass rushers, we're always talking about sacks, and rightfully so. But there's a lot to what goes into a sack. And you mentioned as far as potential is concerned. You mentioned as far as stock is concerned. We talk about system. Lawson himself has talked about this being the right system. Nick Eason, as we're going to hear, will talk about this being the right system. Carl Lawson Sr. Mm -hmm. talked about this system. Um, And so they all feel like this is the perfect spot for him. He's just 26 years old. He's still a baby by NFL standards. All right, well, let's get this show rolling here. Let's hear from Carl Lawson Sr. Here comes pressure off the edge. So, Carl, you know, first, let's start off with, with a softball here. What was Carl like as a kid? Uh, he was very active, and he always loved football, and he always loved um, one-on-one combat. I, I feel like I've met Carl once, and I've seen his interviews, and it seems like he just has a great attitude and a positive energy around him. Did he always have that growing up, and you could see that? Yes, Matter of factly, um, not to segue too far off, I originally didn't want to, not didn't want to play football, but I was reluctant to try to be one of those dads that forced their kids to play football. And a friend of mine took him to a game to watch some other kids, and he started tackling kids on the sideline without pads on. <laughs> so my buddy called me and said, I better get him in football now because, you know, he's very physical. How old was he? Seven or eight. And he, he was like a by just to just to paint the picture in the correct light. He was a bystander at a football game, his yes. first football game, and he just started tackling kids. Yeah, he went. He was went down to the on the sideline with the kids with the pads on and started tackling them. Before that, what was he? What sports was he playing? Absolutely nothing. Just so he went. He, he went home. So he went from no sports to tackling kids on the sideline to then yeah. playing football and now playing at the highest level. Exactly. And just, you know, what's it like for you when you take a second to reflect on it that that's been his his path from no sports but an active kid to football tackling on the sidelines to now being a productive NFL player who just signed a second contract? It's surreal. Very surreal. You know, because I could still remember him as a, a little kid. Your son said that at 13 years old, you told him that you could block him, and that it didn't. He said that he ended up hurt. He he ended up hurting your knee. Do you recall that story? And is that in fact my knee still hurts? Yeah, I recall it. <laughs> Can I you take, us through, take us through the story? I don't think he was 13. I think he was like 14 or probably 14. And. uh I told him I was a pretty good pass blocker. So we went out on the field without pads, and I really didn't expect him to bull rush me. And that's what he did. I thought he would try to, you know, go around me. And he bull rushed me, literally lifted lifted me off my feet. And when I landed, I could hear my knee pop. And that was the last time that you guys played football together, I assume? Oh, yeah. (laughs) (laughs) You know, the other part of that is, I was on the ground. I was writhing in pain. I told him, I think I blew my knee out. 
and he just kept on laughing. And he walked away and left me in the middle of the field. <laughs> he just walked away from you? He walked away from me. Wow. Nope. And you He's know, a nice you guy, but he has a killer instinct. You played football at Georgia Tech and you were a co national champion in 1990. What, mm -hmm. what, um, did Carl? ever rely on you for football outside of leaving you on the ground after he after he hurt your knee well, like, what, what was that relationship like his youth football team i was one of the coaches on the team but i made the point not to coach his position but um that's how he really started it wasn't he wasn't old enough or around for us to see us win the national championship but uh he met enough football players in his time during that time to, um, I don't know if he identified with us, but he wanted to know the all that he could. For someone that played college football, you know, when did you know that Carl had a chance to play at college? And then the same thing in college, when did you know that he had a chance to play at the next level? Honestly, he was about nine and I knew that he was going to be good. The first time we had him in old school hitting drills, he hit this kid and it was like a car crash. And he didn't, he wasn't taught to hit, but he just loved it. And during practices, he always wanted to be, be on defense. He never wanted to play offense. And he would get mad when we didn't hit. So he's always been physical. He would literally at nine and 10 disrupt practice enough, but we had to sit him down. We couldn't, we couldn't snap the ball. And then in the league we played in, in Gwinnett County, I made the mistake of offering $10 a sack. <laughs> <laughs> and was Carl always like a, when, when I see Carl now, he's obviously extremely well built you often hear stories about football players at a younger age who weren't allowed to play or just towered over other people or were much bigger and stronger. Was Outside of being physical, was Carl like a bigger, stronger version than the other kids his age? Remarkably, he was one of our smaller kids because he probably played a year up. And... Uh, one of the great things about Gwinnett County Youth League is that they don't have weight limits. So at nine or 10, we had kids probably 180, 190 pounds. He was like 120 pounds. So he was always playing against bigger kids. I think it helped him to not have a fear of size. What was the recruitment process like for you? For like, why was Auburn the right choice for your son, do you feel? Proximity to Atlanta. Because I didn't want him to be too far away where if uh, something happened, I could get to him. So we were nine, like 90 minutes away from Auburn. And, um, you know, it came down to Auburn, Clemson, Tennessee, and Alabama. And I just felt more comfortable at Auburn with the family atmosphere. Did you ever interact with Coach Kevin Green, the late Kevin Green? Because the yeah. relationship between – Carl and Kevin, who also coached here at the Jets for a couple of years, a couple of years ago, he, they seem to be very close. So I'm wondering, you know, what what was your relationship like 
with Kevin Green and also like what kind of impact do you think he had on your son? My interaction with him was more just cordial. I wasn't as close to him as Carl was, but it was somebody that not only did he want to go to his house and spend time with him, it was a he was a mentor. Carl always called him and get, got advice. Um, the first time Carl went, he came back with a book of notes that Kevin taught him on the art of pass rushing. And uh, he's used it ever since. Was there a moment in college watching your son where you felt like, you know what, you know, similar to the nine-year-old story when he was the most physical at practice, was there a play or was there a point in time where you were like, I, I really think Carl has a shot to go to the next level and not only that, but be successful at the next level in the NFL? Me personally, I've ha- always had a strong belief in him and I knew Carl had what it took. Take, I knew Carl had what it takes to go to the NFL coming out of high school. It was just a matter of if he stayed passionate and he stayed healthy. I think all the way back at, by his junior year in high school, I pretty much knew that he had a strong chance to go to the NFL. Because I, over the years, as a strength and conditioning coach, I have coached the, uh, you know, some NFL players, some pretty successful ones. And physically, Carl as a junior in high school was ahead of where they are. What What makes you say that? I'm just curious. It, like it. Like in terms Carl, of- Carl, people don't know this. Carl was bench pressing 455 pounds as a junior in high school, and running a 4640. So, just as I know in my profession, I knew those those were already NFL-type numbers. The difference between Carl and a lot of players is he loves to work, and he has certain genetic gifts that even though you have people who will dig him for, for not being the longest of players, the difference is it's like a Mike Tyson. And I always used to tell him, I said, Mike Tyson was the tallest player but he was the most powerful and explosive. So Carl makes up for the lack of height with a, a power and explosion that most 320 pounders are in shock when they feel it. You mentioned Carl's work ethic. He's mentioned it. The coaching staff here has mentioned it. We've seen it. If you, if you follow him on Instagram, you can see how hard he works and you can obviously see just in by his build, how hard he works in the gym and in the off season in particular, where does that come from? Both his mom and I, um, another thing that I left out, and this is a note how I knew Carl also liked to work. When Carl was 12, he started working out with some NFL players in the summer. And they would run him into the ground, but he never quit. And he started catching up. So we always used the philosophy when he was in high school, we wanted to work against college players when he was in college, he wanted to work against NFL players. So that, to me, was a pretty good indicator of where we'd be. The only thing we didn't factor in necessarily would be the injury factor. But all things considered, he's always been ready for this. He's always been maniacal in his work ethic. And the reason is, is because he loves it. To, 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 you know, it's like breathing to him. Carl goes through free agency this past March. He lands with the Jets. 
what was your interaction with him like? And what was the uh, during the free agency process? And what was your reaction when he told you, like, hey, Pops, like, I'm signing with the Jets and uh, I've signed a second contract in the NFL? Robert Sala had a, a great deal to do with it because he was extremely excited. I think um, he wanted the opportunity to what he's what he's done in the NFL. He's always felt like he's he's been held back, and I think with the Jets, he'll have an opportunity with an organization that seems like they believe in him. You know, his first year in Cincinnati, he had eight and a half sacks, and they only played him on third down. So, in the history of the NFL, only two players have ever gotten over eight sacks as a rookie and didn't start, and he's one of them. So, moving on to the next year, he had another defensive coordinator, and unfortunately, he hurt his knee. And then they got another defensive coordinator his third year. So, it's always been like an uphill battle for him trying to prove himself or to be appreciated. With the Jets, he feels appreciated, and he probably feels like this system fits his game better than any other system. Really cool insight from Carl Austin Sr. And what I really liked, one answer in particular, I mean, you mentioned Carl not having the longest arms. He's probably heard that for a while now, but his father said, look, Mike Tyson, not the longest boxer, but he made up for it with his explosion, and that was the comparison that Carl Lawson Sr. used for Carl Lawson Jr., who I did not know was a junior until we recorded this podcast with his father. So what do you think about that comparison? Oh, I love Tyson. Him was one of the most intimidating athletes. Is that, that like a fair – that's true, though? I've ever seen. Um, yeah, because Tyson wasn't the longest boxer. If you're looking for a big boxer as far as heavyweights are concerned, you go to Lennox Lewis. And Lewis did take down Tyson, but that was after Tyson's prime. Listen, when and when Tyson's prime, when he was in his early twenties, late teens, he just came into the ring and uh, he 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 was devastating, and he could beat you before even getting in there because he was so intimidating. He was the most one of the most intimidating sports presences I've ever seen. Um, but yeah, you're right. Listen. Shorter. So in a boxing ring, it helps if you're, you know, keeping the jab. Right. You got the reach, right? So for a guy who doesn't have long arms, you got to get inside that. And Tyson could get inside that with his athleticism. And Carl Lawson is a tremendous athlete. There's no doubt about that. And he loves the game. Mike Tyson, to use a parallel, he trained under Customato. Tyson is was an avid follower of the sport. He could talk about any boxer from any decade. Carl Lawson is a guy who can talk about any pass rusher because he goes on YouTube and he studies not only the guys who are wreaking havoc on the edge or in the interior, but the offensive lineman he is going to play. He is like one of many Jets on the current roster, as we're seeing Joe Douglas, Rex Hogan, Robert Sala, and company build this team. Lawson loves the game. Yeah, and that was that was one of the things that I think everyone you just mentioned, Douglas, Hogan, the scouting staff, Sala, the coaching staff, they all hammered that home. Like, you got to love the game of football. I, I think it was one of the quotes from Douglas a couple of years ago saying he's looking for players that hate to lose more than they want to win. And 
I think that Lawson's definitely one of them. He also said, I mean, correct me if I'm wrong, his initial press conference, wasn't he talking about watching YouTube highlights of Robert Sala like oh, yeah. on the sideline yeah, yeah. as the 49ers DC? Well, and then it also give you it also give you a little bit of a light how Lawson's mind works. He said he was excited to get out there at minicamp just for a few snaps after going through the acclimation period at OTAs. He said, I'm excited to see where I make my mistakes. Not like where I'm excelling, but where I can actually make my improvements. Right. Um, Albrecht, Jeff Albrecht, the Jets defensive coordinator, raved about his work ethic. And he's a unique guy. If you get a chance to spend some time with Carl Lawson, he's got a great personality, very bubbly, smart. Um, but uh, on the football field, he turns on a switch. Because if he's in here, we're having a conversation with him. You're like, wow, this guy's re really nice. And he's, he's kind of laid back, but just has this engaging personality. But he becomes a violent force on the field. Yeah, he's very uh, very energetic, yes. right? And he's, I think he's very genuine, authentic. And I, I think that's... Thoughtful with his answers. Right. A lot of people you talk to will not... Uh, you know, they have some canned football responses. That's not part of who Lawson is. Right. You can tell he's very thoughtful with his answers. And, you know, as we transition to hearing to Nick Eason in a couple minutes, what were your biggest takeaways after interviewing Eason and learning more about not only their dynamic in Cincinnati, but Lawson and basically, you know, what he was capable of and how he performed on the field? Well, early on in his career, it was, hey, is Lawson a liability against the run? And we're in Cincinnati, it was like we're going to use him in pass rushing situations because that's what he does well. But if you look at the development of his career, he became a three-down player last year, and he became better against the run. But make no mistake about it, he's being paid to rush the quarterback. Um, and you saw Nick Eason, what he'll talk about is his development as a leader too. He said, we bring all the defensive linemen in, and I want a message coming from the group. And it was also it was always Lawson in Cincinnati who got that group together and going. So he's a guy who's going to lead by example in term in terms of the way he pushes himself on the field, but the way he pushes himself off of the field. And also, I think he's looking at this as an opportunity of being part of the turnaround. And when you look at the Jets' free agency class in two thousand. 21 will be looking back at it and saying how did it fare largely based on how guys like Lawson and Corey Davis did yeah I definitely agree with that and with that let's hear from Nick Eason from behind and he goes down Carl Lawson Nick when you got to Cincinnati what did you know of Carl Lawson the player and Carl Lawson the person uh, man, I, I, I had um, met Carl actually uh, when I was with the Tennessee uh, Titans, had came across him during a pro day um, at the time. Uh, I, I knew uh, that he was a, a guy that was a really hard worker. I knew that he was uh, someone that took very good care of his body. Um, knew that he was someone that loved football, uh, a man of that was committed and uh uh, a man that is, is, is disciplined and focused. Um, you know, he was a guy that I knew that was going to um, do all the things the right way uh, on and off the field. Um, high character guy that was going to treat people right. And uh, so 
um, you know, meeting him was, you know, having a guy like him and meeting a guy like him is is a, is a blessing, you know, to, to make your job easy as a coach. Um, but he did all the things the right way, did everything I asked him to do and everything we, we required of him to do. And he did it, you know, with 100%, 110% effort every day. You're a coach and you always take clay and then you start molding these players into what you want them to be. When you got to Cincinnati, you looked at the game film. What did you see? And then what did you say we have to work on here? Um, Carl is, is, is very explosive off the line of scrimmage. He's very strong, um, you know, for an outside back or defensive end. You know, he he's a guy that has natural le leverage, um, you know, not the tallest guy, not the longest guy. Uh, and generally, um, guys who play at a high level that don't have link at the defensive end position, you know, which, you know, in a perfect world, you like for everybody to be 6'5", long, you know, and tall and, 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 and have, uh, you know, be able to play with great leverage. You know, Carl is, you know, you know 6'2", um, very compact, very powerful. And the guys that are that look like him usually have a lot of attributes uh, that can make up for the lack of height and length. And he has that. Um, Notice that he was very explosive. Um, you know, you know things that we need to just work on with him. Just you know how he plays against the run, um, technique and fundamentals in the, against the run game. Um, but um, we 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 did a good job of just kind of putting him in the best situation so that he can succeed and uh, putting him on the edge. And um, you know initially, um, you, you know you know I thought he struggled against the run game, but in the second year he really came into his own and uh, had a bigger role for us. Uh, there in Cincinnati, and um, he took that role on, and he produced and had a really good year. 2019 and 2020, you coached him up with the Bengals. Now, he had eight and a half sacks his rookie season, and I know you know this as a coach that a lot of people just look to the sack as the only statistic that matters as mm -hmm. an edge disruptor. But mm -hmm. he was much more than that, especially with the Bengals last season. Where do you see his most significant growth, Nick, in between 2019 and 2020? Because you took a guy who was working in sub packages and he became a three-down player for you. Yes, sir. Um, he just really tremendously, fo tremendously focused in on, on his body, got healthy. Um, which, which, you know, he, he dealt with some injuries in 2019 and, and still had a production that he had in just a few games that he played in and took really good care of his body, done the things he needed to do in the offseason and, and, and during training camp and throughout, throughout the entire season. Uh, but but in terms of him, what did he improve on? I think he improved tremendously in playing the run game. It really just came down to him trusting himself because he has all the tools uh, to play, be it all three down player. Uh, like you mentioned already, mentioned earlier, he was kind of a sub a sub package guy, sub rusher on third down situation, a pass rusher for us. And and uh, we felt that, you know, going in 2020, he showed that he can play, um, that he improved in playing against the run. And so he, he became a, a three down player for us, uh, became a, a leader for us, not only by his action, but also a vocal leader. Uh, he was a guy that I called upon. I, I, I'm a guy that brings up the defensive line together uh, during during pregame warms up, warm up, and I have a guy come to the middle of the circle, and Carl became that guy. Uh, he brought the juice every Sunday, um, came to practice with the juice, and and uh, you know he was awesome to be around. But you know, in terms of improving from 19 to 20, it, it just his his ability to to uh, defeat the run and defeat blocks in the run game showed up tremendously. And and, his, and, and as a pass rusher, 
Um, it was just a matter of just getting him to understand, hey, man, you're going to be really good, great at two or three different moves with two or three different counters. And um, if you watch the top, top pass rushers in the NFL, um, they have uh, one or two moves that they're really, really good at and nobody can stop it, you know, and they know it's coming and he perfected that. And I mean, it showed up, you know, he, he you know, he didn't get the 10 to 15 sacks, but he could have easily gotten that. He put a lot of uh, pressure on the quarterback. And uh, he's somebody, you know, that offenses, offensive lines, you need to know where he's at on the line of scrimmage. The Steelers, and Ben's going to be dropped and the football comes out. It's Carl Lawson who comes on the sack. How much do you enjoy coaching Carl? He seems like such a great character. And yes. you, you talked about the energy and the juice, but he, he's also spoken that of not just, okay, I, I want to be good, but he studies other people in yes. the game he really has a true love for the game when you say that yes yes he loves the game um he he's the guy that um you always encourage your guys to 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 watch tape um you don't have to do that with carl um, carl's gonna watch he's gonna watch other guys in the league he's gonna find out you know study film he's gonna study the offensive linemen i mean he was going to our video guys asking him for extra tape all the time he's a student of the game he's always been like that uh even back to his collegiate days um, he, he's going to ask a lot of questions. He wants to be in the know. And just like you said, he loves football. Um, and so I'm just really excited for him. You know, um, Jets Nation is getting a really good football player with Carl. Um, he's going to do everything right on the field and off the field. He's going to give him 110% of everything that he does. Uh, but, yes, he's a true student of the game uh, and, and loves football. What was your reaction when you heard Carl had signed a deal with the New York Jets? You, you know, uh, you know, this, this the NFL world is a really small world, um, you know, and, and, and you know, I've, I've, you know, coached in the NFL for the last eight years. So you create relationships with different people. Um, and so, um, you know, it was kind of no surprise, you know, for him. But I was really, really excited, um, you know, the scheme and, and, and defensively the scheme that they'll be running there. would be perfect fit for him. And uh, he's going to do really well. Um, he's, he's a guy that, you know, that trusts me and I trust him. We had some conversations, uh, in the past about, you know, what I feel like he's, he's best at. And, uh, I feel like, you know, he landed in the right place and, uh, you guys are going to, you're going to see that, you know, this upcoming season, he's going to do well, just continue to stay healthy and, and, and train the way that he does and take care of his body. And, uh, you're going to get a lot of production out of him. He's going to wreak havoc. Uh, music to the ears of the green and white faithful, but, Nick, uh, talk about the physical skill set. You've elaborated on it here, but you said that you think this system is a perfect fit. The four three that Robert Sala is going to run. Why? Yep. Do you, why do you say that? Um, just it's, it's it's a tax style mentality. Um, if you watch the success that uh, you know Coach Sala has had over at, at, in um, in San Francisco, um, the four rushers, the elite rushers that he had there, and Carl Carl fits into that package. Um, you know, he has great quickness and, uh, he, you know, has good football instincts. Um, he'll be able to attack and come off the edge. Um, he's going to have to be somebody people going to have to know where he's at on the line of scrimmage and he's going to pin his ears back. Um, you know, majority of the time he'll be, you know, uh, after the quarterback and won't have to worry about, you know, dropping off in the coverage often, if ever. And, uh, and he'll just be able to put his hand in the ground and just go.
And so, you know, um, you know, I'm excited for him. He's excited. Um, I've talked to him since he uh, signed his contract uh, uh, multiple times, and um, I'm, I'm just excited for him. He's going to have his best years to come, you know, there uh, with the Jets. And and uh, you guys going to uh, you're going to hear his name a lot called on Sundays. What do you think about the pairing with Quinn and Williams in the middle? How Quinn and Williams has become one of the best young interior pass rushers in the National Football League. The Jets actually added depth to the defensive tackle position, getting a former first-round pick in Sheldon Rankins as well, so he can work himself into the rotation. But just thinking about Williams in particular in the middle and then Lawson on the edge, how they can help each other. I mean, you, you talking about having a great defense. I mean, when you got – if you look at the great defensive lines in the, in the NFL, I mean, the, the, the teams that have what we call dudes, uh, great football players – um, they have dudes in the middle on the dudes on the outside. And when you got multiple guys that are that are great uh, defensive linemen that can that can play on first, second and third down, that can stop the run, that can rush the passer, uh, they can get great penetration and, and wreak having offensive lines. You know, you can be a really good defense because everything starts up front. Um, you know, Queenan is, 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 has always been an athletic guy just in studying him at back in the years when he was at Alabama. Um, he's a great football player. Um, just adding Carl, you know, in the mix. And you talked about Sheldon Rankins. They're, they're putting together uh, a great package up front. And it starts up front. And, and all of those guys have great short air, short air quickness. They can get gap penetration. They can rush the passer. Um, and so, uh, you know, uh, Coach Sala is doing a great job of just kind of, you know, molding that package and putting the people in the right places uh, for them to be successful. And so um, it's going to be great. And then you add Carl in there. And Carl's a student of the game. You know, I haven't had an opportunity to be around Queenie, but the things I've heard about him have been great. Uh, the coaches who have coached him in the past. And so um, it's, it's going to be a great combination, um, you know, because now you got to deal with, you know, guys on the, in the inside and you got to deal with some guys on the outside. And as you see, if you look around the NFL, those, those great defensive line, um, they have dudes at every position up front, whether it's at end or interior. And so um, they're, they're building a building a great defense there. It's one of the few times where Auburn and Alabama can come together, and those guys will be happy to be teammates here on a professional level. Uh, what's yes. your favorite Carl Lawson story? Do you have one that stands out? I know from the 2020 season, obviously on the field, his best game might have been against a potential Hall of Fame player and Jason Peters. But is there anything that stands out either on the field or off the field that you could share with us? Uh, you know, uh, I have a lot of stories about Carl, some that I'm not going to share. <laughs> <laughs> uh, uh, but, but you know, just, just the thing with Carl, man, um, he's always going to compete. You know, he, he, he loves football. You know, you know, I think the thing that's that's funny with me that I can mention about Carl that we joked with him about a lot of time is, you know, he wears he has a unique dress code. He'll fit right into to New York. Um, you know, he's he's a fit guy, so he can wear a lot of things that I can't wear, um, you know, but you'll you'll see a lot of a lot of different things. He, he's not he's really not out in, in terms of outer space with him in terms of in terms of how he dresses, but. He's a different cat, but the one thing about it is, man, uh, that that I would say about the kid, he, he's gonna he's gonna be humble. Um, he's gonna treat everybody right in the building. Uh, you know, support staff is gonna love him. Train room people are gonna love him. Equipment people are gonna love him. Fans are gonna love him. Uh, he's very humble. Uh, you know, not arrogant by all means necessary. Just a good dude. Uh, it's good to everybody. And uh, you know, th that's the thing that I love the most about him. To be honest with you, that I can say about him, he's just. 
he's a good person, um, very humble. And, uh, you know, and that's a big thing for me, man, just treating everybody right. And, and, and he's coachable. Um, you can coach him hard. He's going to respond well to hard coaching uh, when you get out there and, and he's going to produce. And uh, so I'm, I'm just excited, you know, excited for him, um, you know, to, to be, you know, landed there with the Jets and um, getting a fresh start up there and um, having an opportunity uh, to continue to, to continue his career. And I think his best years are to come. Both interviews in the books. We've heard from Carl Lawson Sr. We've heard from Nick Eason. Now let's talk about this Jets defensive line with Carl Lawson on the edge. We, we, we heard about the system fit from both Lawson, Eason, and the two of us. Well, I think where Jets fans really get excited is now you have Lawson on, on the edge. You got Quentin Williams in the interior, not to mention the other guys on the interior and the edge. If you were to double-team one of them, this is a pick-your-poison scenario. How about the Auburn-Alabama dynamic there up front for the Jets this year? Uh, not too often we see... Auburn and Alabama coming together, but for Jets fans, this could be a special tandem uh, because Jeff Albrecht talks about, well, sometimes you can get pressure from the edge, but a quarterback can step up. Where the Jets potentially could be very dynamic if things work out is Quinnen Williams had seven sacks last year. Sheldon Rankins was an impressive pass rusher in New Orleans when he was healthy, a former first-round pick himself. Those two guys penetrating means that a quarterback can't really step up. So where is he going to go? Um, yeah, I, I really like what the Jets have done up front. And then across the way, uh, Vinny Curry, an underrated signing because he's a big-time culture guy and he's going to provide a lot of leadership in, in that locker room as well. Uh, and Lawson, he's a unique guy who Eason believes when it's all said and done – with the Jets, he's going to become a double-digit sack guy. I think that's what Jets fans are clamoring for. You know, also real quick, when you said Ethan, I thought you said Ethan, and I was like, oh, <laughs> he really put me under the fire here. <laughs> but I think isn't that the? I think Jets fans are hoping that Carl Lawson does become that player, and I I feel like a lot of the the chat, not around the league, but like when you hear different analysts talk about the Jets free agency a couple months ago. There wasn't somebody that didn't like the Lawson signing. Everyone was like, oh, you know, the, the stats are not indicative of what Carl Lawson's capable of sure. from his Cincinnati days. Now with the Jets and this defensive line and the attack-style defense that Jeff Albrecht's going to run, it feels like it's a match made in heaven. And this defensive line, you know, I think it has some serious potential. Granted, they have to now go out and prove it. No, I agree with that. I, I like Lawson's attitude. Uh, Eason has talked about him being so coachable uh, a, a guy is going to give you everything on the field and then we talk about what he does off the field listen to this quote from Lawson I would do everything in my power to reach my highest level of potential and what I think I possibly can be which is something otherworldly otherworldly so otherworldly means Carl Lawson has some goals that are way up there mm -hmm. okay so he's going to be reaching for the stars and beyond. But if he falls somewhere shy of that, he's still going to be giving you a ton, a ton of stats, a ton of production, a ton inside the room. Uh, I love a guy who is so internally motivated. And I also like about Lawson that Eason talked about. I said, what's one thing you don't know about? 
and he said that, you know, he's a very interesting dresser. He's so New York. He's got a lot of <laughs> really? New York. Yeah, like I think this guy is going to fit in very well in New York because he's got that launch pal work ethic, and he's also got a flair about him. Yeah, I, I think he will. I think the New York market will really like Carl Lawson because of what we talked about before, being genuine, being thoughtful with his answers. And, and I think that his just personality meshes well with New York. I mean, the, the dress is interesting. I'm going to have to keep an eye out. You know, week uh, preseason maybe, but oh, yeah. really week one at Carolina. Well, well, because he keeps himself in great shape, right? And, and we we talked about Easton said, I, "I'd love to try some certain things that Carl wears, but I would never be able to pull it off." And Easton's in pretty good shape himself. He played in the National Football League right. for more than a decade. Yeah, uh, so he's saying like he wears some tight, some tight clothes. Oh yeah. Well, listen, if you're Carl Lawson. You know, you got uh, guns for hire, right? Yeah, yeah, and he's probably a guy who's got a small waist as well. You know, like he's well proportioned. And you talk about the bench; you got short arms, so these guys, he's going to be bulging out, much like uh, Eric Coleman, right, with the pipes and stuff <laughs> like that. But he's got explosive ability off the edge and the Jets are making the transition from the 3-4 to 4-3 they needed somebody with speed who could really change the dynamic out there he changes the dynamic for this team he's already appealed to the fan base I put it on social media the other day I had a chance to talk to him during minicamp he said please come to a game It'll help tremendously. You are helping us win, helping the D-line. He wants some silent snap counts at MetLife Stadium for the offensive line to have to, to have to key to the ball, and he can get in a stance and go hit the quarterback. This dude is ready to get after Cam Newton, Mac Jones, or whoever it is in week two. Yeah, I was going to say week one on the road. So week one, you got to keep an eye on the fashion. Yeah. And then week two, you got to show out to MetLife when the Jets return home and they open up MetLife in over a year because last year there were no fans against the New England Patriots. Number 58, man. Number 58. Again, you know, you can't make any kind of comparisons, but this guy has some of the ability that just in pure speed and twitch and all those other things you're looking for – as far as a guy off the edge, like a John Abraham type. Abraham, totally different player, a lot longer and stuff like that. But as far as just the speed and how quickly he can get there and get inside of offensive linemen. The other thing, we saw this in minicamp, that just in a few reps, it's not just him lining up on the outside and getting a step and then getting to the quarterback. He gets guys off balance immediately, mm-hmm. and then he moves inside. Yeah, and that was without pads. I mean, yes. I can only imagine when he starts hitting some people. I mean, as Carl Lawson Sr. said, he was nine years old when he started uh, really knocking people back, and he was seven or eight years old when he started tackling people as a bystander on the sidelines. The so. Jets have to get leads in games. Everybody said, oh, yeah, of course you got to get leads in games. But that plays to their strength because defensively, it's all about that line coming, creating chaos getting pressure if the Jets have leads in the second half 58 is going to be all over the place oh yeah oh yeah and especially you let him pin his ears back and go that whole defensive front the Jets are going to get after some people or they're going to try to at least and I think Carl Lawson is going to be at the forefront of that and we'll see what happens in just a couple months here and that's the perfect way to end this episode of the podcast profile series on the official Jets podcast 
shake, beat, T, S, T, 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 T,